Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Speaking with Green. My name is Beth Bond, and I am your hostess coming in from live from Atlanta, Georgia. But today we have a guest from Tallahassee, Florida, which is where my alma mater is and my old stomping ground. So we are more we are very um, honored to welcome Bart Bibbler, who is an environmental engineer and a professional engineer in Florida. He has worked in renewable energy policy, sales of solar power, water management policy. He's worked in the private sector within public agencies and for nonprofit organizations. He is currently employed by Simpler Solar Systems of Tallahassee. He previously worked at the Florida Department of Environmental Protection but got in trouble for talking about climate change on an interagency conference call. He recently established Tallahassee350.org, affiliated with 350.org, the world's largest climate change movement, and he has initiated the climate change litmus test. Welcome, Bart. Hey, thank you for having me on. Well, I don't think I've ever had such a well-rounded guest before in regards to, like, you've, you've done it all, right? You've been in public, you've been in private, you've been in nonprofit, um, you've done a lot of issues with sustainability, water, renewable energy. So um, you are the one who's sort of started this litmus test. Tell us about it. Well, I think the key thing is we got to get uh, clarity of every elected official on this crucial issue of our lifetime, climate change. And an elected official ought to be asked at any time by anybody to know whether they are a denier or an affirmer. And an affirmer is one that acknowledges that climate change is now primarily caused by human activity and that we must immediately and aggressively mitigate the consequences of climate change. So this this is actually a little bit broader. Now, these sort of voter, you know, voter awareness things have been done for years where uh, nonprofits go in and ask folks, you know, are you – they get sent them a list of questions and the candidates respond to the questions or don't respond. But you're actually taking it broader than just the legislature. You're taking it into sort of all aspects of Florida's political life. Tell us who you're contacting. Well, I'm focused especially on the legislature, every House member, every senator, but also the governor, the Commission of Agriculture, uh, because that agency houses the Florida Energy Office, uh, also the head of Department of Environmental Protection, which should implement the the, uh, Clean Power Plan, and the Florida Emergency Management Agency, because hurricane events caused by climate change uh, ought to be uh, an, an issue. Now, your de- Department of Agriculture head is Adam, Adam Putnam. He is elected. Is the emergency management, is that an elected position also? The, no. And, and so for clarification, the head of the Florida Energy Office and the head of the Florida Emergency Management Agency, they are appointed. But because they're so critical, it's, it's important that everybody know the position of the directors of those two 
agencies with, within the elected official agencies. Well, let's let's explore how the Florida legislature works a little bit so people get a better understanding because it's so different for every state. So do your legislators serve year-round, or is there like a session? They're in session, and they only, you know, work or create laws during the legislature legislative session and we're getting towards the end of it there's three weeks to go um my litmus test will be complete by this weekend so that gives two weeks after the litmus test is completely filled out and posted on the website for the public the press to know the position of every member and i hope that that drives policy because most bills don't pass until the last couple weeks usually the last week or even the last day and so bills like fracking and solar power energy credits are very related to climate change and hopefully based on the positions of members uh, that can drive policy now so does the legislative session run from like january to march is that what y'all uh, correct, and this one ends March 11. Okay, so you, yeah, you're down to the wire. I think it's very similar to Georgia's, where um, it seems like they're there for three months, but nothing happens until you know it's it's drama time. So the actual uh, session is two months, but they get started with committee meetings a month or two before the session actually begins. But it's a two-month session, and this year it ends March 11. So we got about two and a half weeks. Which seems. I mean, as big as state of Georgia, I mean, sorry, as big as state of Florida is, two months seems pretty short. Well, again, they work committee weeks before it. Um, That's just the process, you know. It is what it is. It's been that way for a long time. Um, So that's the way Florida uh, legislative process works. Um, Okay, so let's talk a little bit about, like, how many legislators have you, I mean, how many senators do you all have? How many reps do you all have? Oh, gosh. Uh, we got a huge number of reps, and we got a smaller number of senators. I don't have the figures off the top of my head, um, but every member is posted on my website, Tallahassee350.org. So if you want to count them, they're all there. Every member's name is there. Their position so far is there, and it will be completely filled out by this weekend. So far, I think there's 12 that their positions are shown, um, and all of them will be done this weekend. Wow, because I, I just wanted to sort of get the size of the scope of, of how many people you've actually had to contact. So I've let's contacted talk about every one of them personally, been to right. each of their offices. So it's been a lot of fun and interesting, and I'm glad that part of it's over. And when I go and tell them that I'm implementing the litmus test, I tell them I need your answer within five days. Otherwise, I must categorize you as a denier, and I'm glad to change it to an affirmer if you respond. Right. Now, so let's, I mean, how, I mean, is it just simply are you for climate, you know, what questions are you asking them to determine what's a denier and what's an affirmer? I'll I'll read it quickly. Um, It says, I hereby acknowledge that climate change is real and is now primarily caused by human activity. I recognize that this is of grave threat to the future of Florida and the planet. I understand that we should think globally, but we must act locally. Since Florida is one of the most vulnerable places on our planet and is named the Sunshine State, I agree that we should be leaders in renewable energy and we should begin immediately. I am confident that if we aggressively begin a renewable energy path, this will ensure significant job creation and a sustainable economy in Florida. Wow. 
Now, what's the reaction been? Oh, I've had uh, very interesting reactions. Um, of course, affirmers go, of course, yes, call me an affirmer, uh, put me in the affirmer column. I've had uh, a couple members, their staff, um, didn't like that I was doing it, ripped up the litmus test in front of me, said that they wouldn't respond. I said, well, I guess you're a denier, and I'll put you in the denier column, and if you change your mind, you just let me know. I wish you had caught that on video. That would be so great to have on, on video and, and use throughout social media because we know social media is just such a great way to cause pressure. So, you know, Florida is a very interesting state politically. It's, you know, I guess sometimes people consider it a swing state. Um, I always tell people it's like five states in one. It's such a big state, and, you know, different parts of the state are sort of different, differently oriented. Where do you think you're going to end out as far as affirmers versus deniers? Well, of course, so far out of the 12, all the affirmers are Democrat and all the deniers are Republican. Um, but I think now it will get really interesting. <clears throat> and who I targeted first, um, even last week, uh, was Republicans in Miami-Dade. Because of all places, that's the epicenter of sea level rise in our state. <clears throat> and I was hopeful that I could get the first Republican affirmer in Miami-Dade. Um, and the other important Republican is Commissioner Adam Putnam. Uh, again, the Florida Energy Office is within his agency. He is likely to be running for governor. He doesn't necessarily agree with Rep, uh, Governor Scott on all issues, who has already been categorized as a denier. Um, I, I visited Governor Scott's office several times trying to convince them that he should be an affirmer and they refused to respond. After five days, I have no choice but to put Governor Scott in the denier column. And I am hopeful that Commissioner Putnam will become an affirmer. And, you know, I, I want every member to be an affirmer. And I, I wish it weren't so partisan. But unfortunately it is. And I hope that this litmus test will get that to change. So you, you, we spoke um, uh, briefly before we got on air about, you know, all the work that you've sort of done, and you've done a lot of work in just sort of, you know, different arenas in regards to the politics. What do you think, I mean, is is there a good way to get a good feel about what the average Florida voter feels about um, in regards to climate change and issues like that? Well, Florida, as you know, is uh, is an interesting state politically. Uh, we're actually a, a red state. That's why we have a Republican governor um, and a Republican uh, legislature in the majority. Um, and again, not that I like being partisan, but clearly so far the Republicans are generally the deniers and the Democrats are generally, generally the affirmers. And yet Florida, here we are, one of the most vulnerable states in the country, with sea level rise being documented in Miami Beach. Um, and, you know, it's going to come soon where those rising real estate prices are going are to crash because at some point those properties along the coast that are so beautiful and have such a great view, the infrastructure just won't keep up. 
and you know you don't want to drive to the hotel or the condo in, in flooded streets and once that is realized those real estate values are just going to plummet so i would hope that especially Miami-Dade where they already do have three county climate change compact by Broward uh, Palm Beach County and Miami-Dade County recognizing the seriousness of climate change to the southeast uh, of Florida would be the leaders in changing the political dynamics so that Republicans can say it's all right to be an affirmer. We need to deal with this. We need to deal with it ASAP. Right. Well, and uh, the solar potential for Florida, too, is so great. And I actually, um, um, I don't want to say encouraged, but my cousin, just because of the work I did, he got really excited about solar, and he put solar on his roof, and he's just been thrilled with, you know, with the results. And and so, I mean, there's so much potential for solar in Florida. And, and, and there was actually something on the national news about how Miami Beach regularly floods now, like there's a portion that floods. And instead of saying, hmm, maybe we should do something about this in regards to just conceding or, you know, turning it over into a park or something like that, you know, their response was to spend $10 million to try to, to, to stop the flooding. And I'm like, yeah, that's a battle that you're never going to win. <laughs> exactly. You're never gonna win. They're going to keep spending more and more, but ultimately they they can't win. We have a Swiss cheese geology. And so you can right. put levees and, and, and pumps and whatever, but it's going to keep coming and coming faster and coming higher, and they're going to lose the battle. It's just a matter of time, and that's sad, um, but deal with it. And the only right. way to turn it around is start stop the CO2, stop the methane that we're emitting, get to renewable energy, especially solar, but also in our state we have ocean current. Um, you know, not much wind, um, but, you know, we need renewable non-fossil fuel energy. We sure as heck don't need to expand fracking in our state for lots of reasons. Um, and so, you know, that's that's what we have to do. Now, do you all have natural gas that you can dig for in, in Florida? Um, there's oil, oil and natural gas in a couple places in Florida, and some of it's already being... Uh, extracted, but um, not a lot. But there's efforts and interest in expanding that a lot, and that's what this debate about fracking uh, is. So, well, that's very interesting because right now Georgia feels like we are becoming the pipeline to Florida for natural gas. And I think what's even more frustrating for Georgians who are following the the two big pipelines that are in contention, the biggest one being from South Carolina to Jacksonville, is basically we become the crossroads uh, for the natural gas company in Jacksonville to turn around and sell propane to Europe. So I'm like, Exactly. Well, and, and so, right, there, you know, it's like we have such that. a glut. We have such a glut of natural gas now that now there's ports that are being built specifically for compressed natural gas to export it. So... Now it's gotten completely crazy where we're going to extract our energy resources that were supposed to be for us. But because we've now got such a glut, now these corporations are going to market it around the world and we emit all this methane uh, because inevitably you, you don't succeed in extracting it all. 
Some of it is lost as emissions, primarily as methane, which is 10 times worse a climate change gas than even carbon dioxide. Right, and I, I don't think that people realize, I mean, on natural gas, it's, I, I, I just feel like, you know, as, as, as coal has shut down, there's been a rush to things, to other options like natural gas, and we still don't even know the, sort of the, the full environment. We, I mean, people know methane is, is bad, but, I mean, you know, the, the interests that are involved in the, the fracking are saying, oh, well, it's better than coal, but it's really, it's really less, it's really less bad. It's not really better versus exactly. solar and yeah, wind that's a good and description. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and so I do think it's sort of fascinating, and I, I totally agree that you know there needs to be sort of as as we come off coal that we can't get enough solar built fast enough, and there needs to mm-hmm. be a small window of opportunity. But the the way we've changed the conversation is sort of. Actually, it's just sort of crazy. Um, I'm well, and it's because of the utilities, right. and it's because of the utilities and corporations. The utilities are preventing solar expansion in Florida by this solar initiative, uh, an amendment that they, you know, use to intentionally deceive and confuse. And Exxon knowingly uh, deceived the public, knowing the science of climate change over 20 years ago, but wanting to keep the status quo because of their fossil fuel reserves deceiving everyone about climate change, spending money to deceive. So corporations are now, you know, complicit in the climate change that's being caused. And unless we get corporations under control, uh, you know, our future is seriously at risk. Right. Well, let's, can, do you mind if we talk a little bit more about the, the solar ballot initiative? Because uh, that's been very interesting. Absolutely. So what is so um most people don't realize that it seems my sister who lives in Tampa, well, Clearwater always complains about the fact that it seems like the way that real legislation happens in Florida is as you make an amendment to the constitution. <laughs> and so currently there well there was originally a a uh a constitutional amendment. I, I believe it's allowed to PP is it to allow PPAs? Is that what it is? Yes. Right. Power so purchase agreements, we, correct. Right, and thank you. And then that the utilities actually came out with a counter amendment where they um basically I remember the, the language on it and I was like, You're kidding where it was like never, ever, 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 ever for the rest of the time throughout universe will Florida be allowed to have PPAs. I mean it's it's really Exactly. I was trying to codify I mean, the status quo and prevent it from ever changing because they like the status quo and they don't want solar to expand in Florida. Right, but I was really shocked how how blatant the language was, and that then I was really shocked to find out how many people got confused and signed the the utility version versus the the Florida Floridians for Solar Cho- Choice version. So right now the. You, you have to get a certain number of signatures to get anything on the ballot to be voted for the Constitution. And the Floridians for Solar Choice, because it's a grassroots organization and it's such a huge – is it 600,000 signatures? Is that how many signatures you have to get? Yeah, I think 650-some thousand, right? Right. The utilities have spent over $375,000 um, 
And and I just want to be very clear about utilities in Florida. These are the big names in the South, right? So it's Southern Company, it's Duke Energy, and people are like, well, that's not what's on my bill. Well, it's Gulf Power um, and the Panhandle. It's uh, Progress Energy, which is owned by Duke throughout Central Florida. Florida Power and Light, which um, I believe is it, is it owned by Nextera? Is that I'm not clear, yeah. but you know, okay. the, even though the name says Florida Power and Light, they're also they've got uh, natural gas fracking going on in other states. They've also got wind in other states. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. So, so they're the, they're the, the much point. bigger than Florida, actually, though their name is Florida Power and Light. Right. So Florida Power, right, and all three of the the motherships, for lack of a better term, all of them are doing solar in particular in other states, most notably Georgia and North Carolina. So <clears throat> um, so it's it's been very interesting to sort of watch as someone who's sort of standing from the outside looking in. Tell us, tell us, because I know you collected signature uh, signatures for the petition. Tell us what people were saying as you were collecting those signatures. Well, of course, they wanted to understand what they were signing, but they got it real quick. And, you know, they were glad to sign um, in general uh, when I would talk with people. On the other hand, at the same time I was trying to get petitions, I saw paid volunteers. I wasn't paid. Paid, uh, not paid people, not volunteers, paid for the other side. And they were getting paid, I think, several dollars per signature. So here I was, free volunteer, even paying to set up a booth at a community festival here in Tallahassee just trying to get signatures versus the other side paying people to get signatures and misleading them as to what they were signing. And, you know, people told me that oh, I already signed one. I thought that was the good one. Uh, so that was going on right around me when I was gathering signatures. Um, you know, people want solar. People don't understand why we don't have more solar. People don't understand why Florida laws are so messed up when most of the states in the country uh, already allow these power purchase agreements. So, you know, it's being manipulated and controlled by the utilities in Florida. Right. Um, And I just actually, you know, Florida and really reflects what else, what what's happening throughout the entire country, but in particular in the southeast. I think most people love their energy, and trust me, I love mine too. I mean, if if you've been here, you know, in the southeast in August, you want your electricity to be working. It's, you know, pretty much miserable without it. Um, and <clears throat> and so it's, you know, I think that people just are like, they're so thrilled, and, and we don't really think about how energy comes to us or what really goes on behind the scenes. But I think with the the enlightenment going on in regards to how much the utilities have sort of controlled the politics of of the matter that it's it's going to change and and actually i mean well, the, the neat Georgia thing and is North that, Carolina are great examples the neat thing is that we don't have to uh, live in a tent there's solar energy that can provide us with sufficient energy for everything you enjoy and you know, sure, it's important to try to conserve and to have energy efficiency. We don't, you know, we don't need incandescent bulbs when we now have fluorescence as an example. 
and you know so so just common sense things will save energy but with solar energy and other renewable energy you don't have to live like you know you got a tent in the backwoods you can enjoy everything you're doing you can have a hybrid car you can have an electric car there's we have the technology to solve this problem so don't let anybody tell you we don't and you don't have to live like you're in a third world country you can live like you're living. You just need to do some common sense things and get renewable energy. And the the tax breaks actually are quite incredible for solar energy. The tax policy and, and such is, is very good, and the costs have come way down. And so people need to relook at going solar. It's very affordable, and it can save you money. It can provide energy independence, and it can save the planet. So go solar. Amen. Preaching to the choir. So, well, Bart, we have run out of time. Thank you so much for your your time and I mean your volunteering your time to be with us this morning and we really appreciate it because we know your time is valuable and you've done so much great work and thank you for being, you know, somebody out there who's willing to say I'm I'm willing to stand up and and and, you know, make sure that people understand what their options are in regards to uh, their choice of politician and their choice for energy. So we really appreciate it, and good luck with the litmus test. Everybody, please go to the Tallahassee350.org. Look at the litmus test. Ask your member why they've taken a denier position if they have. You can ask your local elected official what's your position. Every elected official ought to know their position, and they do. Put them on the spot. Are you a denier? Are you an affirmer? Should we be taking immediate action? Is it primarily caused by humans? Ask the hard questions. Sort it out because it drives all policy in our future. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So, I, you know, we uh, we really spend a lot of time on Southeast Green talking about the business of sustainability and, and all the work that people are doing to make the planet better and I'm not going to say we shy away from political issues because we do a lot of policy coverage too, but it's sort of exciting to hear someone who's so motivated by this issue that they're willing to volunteer that much time to, uh, you know, to to make to make things better. And I think I think he's um, a great example of what, what you know the little engine that could. The you know we always hear about the power of one, and and here's a guy who is. Is, is doing a lot more than a lot of us would do, including myself. And so I really appreciate and admire him for his tenacity to go out and talk to all those. I, I, I'm, I'm sure there are over 300 representatives. That means he's been to three over 300 people's offices um, asking for them to sign the uh, this petition he has. So we wish him the best of luck. We certainly will be covering more um uh, more of this uh, Florida issue in regards to the solar ballot initiative. Um, we already have a couple articles, and we'll have links in the um, on the page below that you can explore this a little bit more. Thanks so much for listening, um, and we will be back. We're going to be talking about bee pollination soon, so um, look forward to having you back. And this is Beth Baum with Southeast Green. Thank you so much for continuing to be loyal uh, listeners. We're going to sign out with Jeff Hicks and the Heretics, Lisa Peach. Don't forget to visit southeastgreen.com online 24-7 with your environmental policy news and sustainability business news for the southeast United States.